The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. And when we immediately change our state into a more gratitude state, a more effortless state, we're able to see things we couldn't see before. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kavnat, and this week I'm sitting down with author Greg McEwen. You might have heard the name because the guy sold more than a million copies of his first book, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. That's right, the pursuit of less. In a world filled with productivity gurus and techniques for doing more, in an age where you can be reached 24-7 and your email is overflowing with demands on your time, in a life where you have relationships to attend to and food to put on the table and hopefully get a little exercise before you fall exhausted into bed, essentialism was a primal scream of stop. Stop trying to do all those things. Figure out what's most important in your life and only do that. Say no to everything else. You don't have to be rude about it. You can say, sorry, no, or no, thank you, but say no. You can see why people wanted to read this book. But even as it went on to be translated into multiple languages to launch TED Talks and YouTube discussions, Greg realized that his readers were kind of missing one of his key points. The model he laid out was to explore what's essential, eliminate what's not, and then make it as effortless as possible to execute what matters most. But it was that last part that was tripping people up. Even after you've chosen to focus on just a handful of the most important things, it's still possible to overcomplicate your life. Our instinct that if we just work harder, we can accomplish more is pretty deeply ingrained. And as you'll hear, I personally have a hard time shaking it. So this week, Greg and I are going to talk about the ideas in his latest book, Effortless, Make It Easier to Do What Matters Most. The importance of effortlessness was clarified for Greg in the middle of a family crisis. A few years ago, his healthy and energetic 14-year-old daughter, Eve, suddenly developed strange symptoms. Her sentences became slurred and monotone. The right side of her body became uncoordinated and slow. And then a major seizure sent her into the hospital where doctors struggled to come up with a diagnosis. All we wanted in the world was for Eve to get better. And what came into view was that there were two paths for getting there. One made this challenging situation heavier. The other made the challenging situation lighter. And we had to choose which path to take. Maybe this choice seems obvious, but it wasn't. As parents, our instinct was to attack the problem full force from all directions, worrying about it 24-7, reaching out to every neurologist in the country, meeting with doctors one after another. What the gravity of the situation called for, we assumed, was near superhuman effort. But such an approach would have been unsustainable while also producing disappointing results. Mercifully, we were aware of and took the second path. We realized that the best way to help our daughter and our whole family through this time was not by exerting more effort. We needed to find ways to make every day a little easier because we needed to be able to sustain this effort for an unknown length of time. 
we simply could not now or ever burn out. So we decided there were things we wouldn't do. We wouldn't torture ourselves with unanswerable questions. We wouldn't worry ourselves sick by imagining worst case scenarios. We wouldn't live in denial or tell ourselves it's not so bad. We wouldn't try to force the timetable. Instead, we decided to focus on the simple things, the easy things, the things we could control. We got around the piano and sang. We went on walks. We read books. We played games. We looked for the positive and pointed it out. We ate dinner together. We toasted each other. We told stories. We laughed. We were grateful. We did these things each day and almost immediately noticed a magical force at play. We felt less burdened. We were less exhausted. We didn't burn out. It's been two years now, and Eve continues to get better. She smiles, laughs, and jokes. She walks, runs, and wrestles. She reads. She writes. She is thriving again. So what did I learn from this experience? There are two paths, two ways to achieve results. The first path is the path of suffering, of stress, strain, and struggle. The second is the effortless path. Whatever has happened to you in life, whatever hardship, whatever pain, however significant those things are, they pale in comparison to the power you have to choose what to do now. So in each moment, we have a choice. Do I choose the heavier path of suffering or the lighter, effortless way? You were faced with a crisis. Your daughter was struck by a mysterious illness. I mean, I can't imagine anything more terrifying than that. And the way I understand what you went through was was sort of a, a radical then simplification, you know, that you just needed to be present for her and for that situation and resist all these urges to kind of do something to fix everything, because really, what could you do? That wasn't your job. Do I have that right? Like, how was this such a clarifying experience for you? No, I would say that's not quite the point. The main takeaway that we had from this experience, especially now with some time and context, was the power of radical gratitude to be able to shift your state. I didn't write Effortless because I think life is easy. I wrote it because it's so complex and difficult and challenging in the extreme. What can we do about it? The fastest thing that we can do, and of course this is supported by an enormous amount of peer-reviewed research, what we can do is move into radical gratitude. And let me distinguish what I mean by that, because almost everyone has been taught something about gratitude and they've been taught something that is wrong. What almost all of us think of when we think of gratitude is being thankful for the good things in our lives. But that's what I learned that was wrong about it. Gratitude is to be thankful for all of the things in our lives. And that is a non-trivial change because suddenly you think, well, gratitude isn't a feeling, it's a verb. Gratitude, the action, precedes gratitude, the feeling. So that the radical part is to say out loud, let's say, I am thankful that my daughter is going through this unbelievable challenge 
because. And it feels so awkward because we have not been taught this idea of radical gratitude. But the moment we do it, we open ourselves up to the mental possibility that there is something in this that really is genuinely for us and for them. It is the acknowledgement that these things are not happening to us, but for us. And that instantly changes the state. And when we immediately change our state into a more gratitude state, a more effortless state, we are in a position to be able to be more creative. We're able to see things we couldn't see before. Resources, insights that you need, moments of clarity to be able to help you deal with the challenge that's before you. That's exactly what happened with Eve. That's quite profound. And I have to admit, I think I missed some of that lesson on first reading this story, because as I said, what I took away was, oh, he was learning that he needed to do less in a sense and just be more present, just just be there uh, in that situation. And what I'm getting now is that that's true, but it's a certain kind of presence that you're describing. It's a, it's a, a grateful presence. It's not immediately obvious to me how that leads to effortlessness until I hear you explain it a bit more that when in that state of gratitude, that kind of presence, I see the situation differently. I see the real options that are there instead of maybe what my distracted mind is kind of presenting to me as an overcomplicated struggle. Well, not just a distracted mind. I mean, a completely frozen, fearful, fractured mind. That's the state that we fall into when we're dealing with the unimaginable. If we stay on that path, we will make bad choices to add on to the already bad situation. So in our greatest challenges, we need the greatest discernment. And we simply lose that instantly when we're in a fearful state of suffering. For people who are brand new to your work and brand new to this idea, how do you describe what the book Effortless is about? Effortless is a bold mindset. It's a way of thinking about the most important things in our lives. For a lot of people, they believe and have heard explicitly many times that the most important things are going to be really hard, but really worth it. And that's all very well, but if you get to a point in your life that you are strained and overextended and on the edge of exhaustion, despite being highly engaged, it's no good just being told, well, just give even more and then you'll be able to break through to the next level. Uh, it will be worth it at the end. Okay, that's one approach. Effortless is arguing for all the other approaches that suggest that there are easier, better, smarter ways to be able to achieve the results that you want to achieve. Now, do you ever have people misunderstand your book and think that you're giving them permission to be lazy, to not exert themselves? Yes, there's a risk of that. But easy does not equal lazy. Lazy is not willing to put in effort. Easy is not having to put in effort to achieve something. And when you equate them as the same thing, when you believe that easy equals lazy, then you take off 
hundreds, thousands of options for how you might achieve something in a simpler, better way. Think of Amazon in its early days. They have a significant problem with being able to get people to actually check out. Uh, everyone's kind of nervous about e-commerce at the time, and you get to the checkout process, and there's 28 different steps for being able to check out. And in that process of putting in each number of your credit card and so on, they have this massive cutoff rate. People just drop out of the process. And so three of the original members of that team, including an engineer and Jeff Bezos, having a conversation in Seattle there, uh, in the brewery there, trying to work out what to do. The engineer who I spoke to had spent two months trying to solve this problem, trying to make the checkout process simpler, easier. And in two months, all he tried to do really was make each of the steps of the process as clean as possible. And as they're talking in this conversation, Bezos says, no, look, I'm not talking about making each step simpler. I'm talking about no steps. How could we have one-click shopping? And that was the big idea. And so they went ahead, they established that, it gave them a significant competitive advantage. But when I talked to that engineer, and he doesn't work for Amazon anymore, but he said no one else in the industry was thinking like that. And he learned a significant lesson. He said, this is about starting from zero. Instead of trying to take all the complexity and start taking off a little bit here and there, you start with zero. And that way of thinking, that's effortlessness in action. One could argue it's the single most valuable decision that Amazon has made in the last 25 years. That's what we're talking about. Simplification can make execution either effortless or almost effortless. And why not in a world that is exploding with unnecessary complexity? I mean, our lives are full of it, and everybody listening to this knows that's true. If you can simplify, if you can start with zero and ask this, let's say, almost magical strategic question, how can we make it effortless? You unleash a simplification innovation that can be a great advantage to you or to the team that you're working on. Simplification innovations, start from zero, radical gratitude. There's a lot to chew on here. If you're like me, it's gonna take a little time to absorb some of Greg's deeper lessons. So come back tomorrow when we'll start getting granular about how to achieve this effortless flow state. Greg's gonna share some practical tools you can use in your daily routine. But if you can't wait till then, you can listen to all five of Greg's mini masterclasses right now inside our Next Big Idea app, alongside other life-changing ideas from big thinkers. And come find us on LinkedIn to sign up for our newsletter. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you tomorrow.